0: Hi, out there. I'm Pat Pauley, and I'd like to welcome you to my show, Art Beat Northwest. Each week, we interview someone from the arts and talk about upcoming events in the local art scene. And this week, Tamea Tahanyi is here with us. Her show right now is at Linda Hodges Gallery, only until September
1: 1st, though. So you got to get over and see
0: it. Welcome to the show, Tamea.
1: Hi, Pat. Thanks for having me here.
0: Great. We're so happy you could be here. Now, Maya is a visual artist. She's been doing this for 25 years. She's the founder and director of Slip Rabbit, a digital ceramic studio in Seattle. And that's what we're going to talk about, a lot about that and a lot about the show. And then um, she also is employed by the University of Washington School of Art in the visual arts program, art history, and design, and her education is amazing. She has an MFA from the UW, Bachelor of Fine Arts from the Massachusetts College of Arts and Design, and she has an M.D. from Schimelweiss University in Budapest, Hungary. Welcome to the show, yes, and she is really uh, got a lot of background, and she's doing some wonderful things. Now, before we get started with the interview, though, I want to talk about some things that you can do around town like next weekend and the weekend after. Uh, the first one, of course, we don't want to forget Bumbershoot. It does have a lot of great artists coming in. A lot of them are musical. They have music, film, comedy, arts, urban crafts, literary arts, dance, theater, you know, don't forget to go. It's quite a project. 13 venues at Seattle Center and that's August 31st to September 2nd. It's always Labor Day weekend. Um, the only thing that might take you back a little is $130 for each day pass, but it's free if you're under seven or over 70. So anyway, uh, with with it being kind of expensive, it's not going to be quite as crowded And so it'll probably be a really good time. And uh, they do have a lot of really great acts booked. And then don't forget the Pratt Fall Open House. And that is Saturday, September 8th, 6 to 9 p.m. That next weekend, they have a live hot bronze pour. Those are fun to watch. Live art demonstrations. Hands-on art-making activities for kids, music, music food trucks, and more. And plus, if you sign up for a class there, and they have some great classes. I'm in one right now. I'm I'm in uh, a glass fusing class, and I love it. You get 10% off classes if you register at the open house. Free, fun, and family-friendly. So don't forget to go to the open house at Pratt. We'll be back shortly talking about making ceramic art by using... 3D printing technology on Artbeat Northwest. From new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. From August 31st through September 30th, BAM hosts a pop-up exhibition of emerging Northwest artists as part of the City of Bellevue's annual art festival, Bellwether. Bellevue Arts Museum will be free and feature a series of events and performances for the two-week run of the festival. Through September 30th, catch the first museum exhibition from FEMALE, A.M.P.M. 2.0. FEMALE is a Seattle and Los Angeles-based fashion collaboration conducted through the US Postal Service. Exchanges by collaborators Janelle Abbott and Camilla Carper. For more information, visit BellevueArts.org. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. Tamia Tahanya is here talking with us about her show at Linda Hodges Gallery of her 3D printed ceramics and glass. And of course, everyone wants to know, how the heck do you print with ceramics? You know, when I heard of this, I thought, oh, well, they probably print it in plastic and then use that as the casting thing or something. But no, that's not it. Yeah. You you go ahead and explain so people know it's pretty amazing stuff.
1: Yeah. So I have a, what's called an extrusion printer. Um, this is a paste extrusion, so um, if you buy very fancy pastries sometimes, or, or very fancy chocolates, you might find that the same printer was used for producing those. So, Chocolate tube? Uh, yeah, so oh, any, really? any, kind <laughs> of, any kind of paste-like or liquid material can be put into a pressurized tube, and then there is a robotic machine, there is a robotic arm, with a computer on one end, and then we'll take the pressurized tube to the right location and it will extrude the, the, the amount of material that you need. So that's the, basically the idea of the 3D printer for clay as well. And what's really interesting about it, that it's no more sophisticated than a glue gun or a toothpaste tube. So it's an, a, a paste extrusion, and but the machine itself is very smart because it knows where to go. And where to go is being decided by the design that I do on the computer.
0: So you do this designing on the computer first, and then the computer has a design in it and extrudes this kind of uh, soft clay yes. onto that pattern. Yes. And creates sculpture, yes, right?
1: Yes. So there are, there are a few more steps uh, in between, but but it's uh, basically it starts on the computer with some sort of a design program. It's called also a CAD program. There, there are a variety of them out there. There are some free ones that people can download from from online sites. Um, and there are some, some pretty pricey ones that the uh, industry, like car industry, any kind of design industry, also use. And they basically build um, forms. So I can create any kind of geometry, let's say a cylinder, and I can add things to the cylinder. I can take things out of that cylinder and uh, come up with the, the finalized form. So um, I'm making it sound like it's super easy to do that. And, and there are some easy forms that are super easy to do. So those are really good ways for people to get into the process. But when I, what I do most of the time is something that, that I would have to then build for an entire afternoon or sometimes several days. Very often, though, um, I would develop the process for myself. So nobody has done that before. I don't know how to do it. So I'm searching for ways to use the computer to create that specific kind of form that will give me that kind of result that I imagined.
0: So you are a person who does, uh, you're pushing the envelope of this system, and you kind of have a ceramics lab with it, right? Yes, that's correct. And you're just trying to figure out ways That you can be totally creative in so many different ways, but using this machine to the maximum to help you. Yes,
1: yes. So so the technology is really, really new. Up until very recently, nobody has made a, a clay 3D printer. Now, in the U.S., there is one manufacturer, 3D Potter. Uh, There are uh, two or three manufacturers in Europe. There are a few in Asia. So it's slowly but surely coming into more common use. However, people also build their 3D printers. And that's something that I'm also interested in doing ultimately. Oh, because, oh wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> why not? Why not? Why not? The whole idea of 3D printing really started with, with making it kind of like common use, public use, and also public source, open source, so that, that people can produce things with the printer um, and also produce other printers with the printer. So the idea of the 3D printer when it started was the machine that can make itself. And the, the very oh, okay. the very first 3D printers were actually designed to print the parts that the other printers that you follow the, the original 3D printer would be made of. So it's very much part of the tradition. So making the printer is not as outside of the, the whole research area. Another thing that we do um, that I, in, in my lab, Slip Rabbit, I also teach... That's
0: their lab's name, Slip, Slip rabbit, rabbit, which means soft clay rabbit,
1: yes. right? Yes, correct. <laughs> um, uh, I also run research programs, collaborations. We collaborate quite a bit with scientists, architects, engineers, mathematicians, Uh, designers, all all kinds of areas of interest that have possibly either something to benefit from from 3D printing or just have ideas that they would like to see 3D printed.
0: So you are very experimental in what you do. Now, all I saw, of course, Linda Hodges Gallery has some wonderful things and it's actually glass combined with porcelain uh, on many of the sculptures. Uh, but even uh, you know online, you can see where all of her pieces are so different. I can see where you're searching to do different things and they the shapes are just incredible. They're ones that I don't believe you could make on a potter's wheel or hand build. They're different. Not, you know it's a different yeah.
1: look yeah. Yeah, so so I think uh, what's really interesting about the 3D printer for ceramics is that it can create textures. It can create textures in kind of like a faster, easier and more interesting way that it was possible without the printer. I don't want to say that it, it's replacing the human hand because it does not and it will never do that, uh-huh. but but it just opens up a whole bunch of new potentials that that didn't exist before. So the look of 3D printed ceramics is very different from the traditionally Viltron or hand built or even slip cast ceramics, which I used to do or I still do someday. But what most people would notice is the lines the striations on the form. That's a very sign of 3D printed ceramics. Ah, Another thing that people would notice is probably some sort of a loop or or a series of loops. So it it has almost like a fiber structure to it or or look of of a Of something that's made of fibers. So for a long time in the past, one of our research area was to come up with textures um, based on these loops. First, we discovered the method by which certain forms in the digital uh, design program will turn out to be loops when it's printed. And then we were looking at what can be built with the loops to make it more interesting. Then we collaborated with textile artists. We looked at historical weaving forms. We also looked at historic basketry forms, both of which I've done in the past. So it was kind of easy f- for me to transition to look at those and do the research about those. And then we find a way. When I say we, with my studio of interns, I was involving them into the process. So they would have these really interesting new ways of learning to combining several materials together.
0: So, so you're, you're using like art history and yeah. different kinds of art and science and technology all together. One thing we should remind people, okay, you've made this on the printer, but it is not complete. Why don't you explain? You know, it's only clay and it still needs more processing before it actually turns into a permanent sculpture or...
1: Yes, that's a very good point. So it's not done um, by the machine. The machine is extremely helpful, just the same way as the pottery wheel was helpful for potters for generations to make forms, dishes, cups, plates anything. But it's the same way with the printer too. Once it comes, the piece comes off of the printer, it can be disassembled. It could be built with. And there are extremely few people around the world who even taken advantage of this fact. But it needs to be glazed. It needs to be dried. It needs to be fired. It could be any kind of ceramic process that one would normally do, whichever form I make what I want to make, the, the 3D printed ceramics would also need to go through that same process. So it's very interesting that way. Uh, but it is so new, I have to say, that a lot of people just kind of like get, uh, get stuck with um, printing it or how to, how to get from the digital to the printing. And there are quite a few people a few researchers in the world who um, are not even interested in finishing it up like a ceramic piece they're really going for the research in this very narrow area of getting from the digital design to the printed form oh, really? so it's actually waiting <laughs> for it's actually waiting for all those ceramic artists and all these potters and ceramic lovers out there to see um, an opportunity to use this as just another tool and then take this tool to some interesting place where they would like to go. Because it could be
0: combined with built or or thrown pieces too. Yes yes know.
1: yes that's the whole point. Uh, yeah. that at the moment I think we are we are so fascinated by what the printer can do that we are forgetting about the b- very basic fact that this is just still soft clay right. and it's waiting for something interesting to happen. Yes.
0: But, but you've done a lot of interesting things to it already. But now, how did you get into this 3D printing thing? Yeah. I mean, you've gone a long ways from being an MD to, you know, art. And then she, you go into this really, really new area
1: Yeah, Uh, the short answer is, I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there you go. The
1: long answer is that about uh, six years ago, I was sort of thinking that the same way as uh, photography was changed by the digital, the plastic arts would eventually be changed by some sort of a digital technology. So I took classes at the UW Architecture School on the CAD, so computer design processes, oh. and I learned the software that way. At that time, and it's funny to remember, I also created. That was sort of my my final project for one of my classes. What's what was called the universal potter. So it was a computer program that would create any kind of pottery shape based on a couple of changes that you would make and and once you made a little change it affected the entirety of the, uh, the form and one could create a family of these related forms just by doing little changes. So then after that for about four and a half years I set everything aside and because I travel quite a lot for work, I travel quite a, a lot for my research, I, a lot of times, find myself in the Netherlands. And the Netherlands oh, really? has a really wonderful history of combining art design and architecture, and also combining traditional making with digital making. And um, I, I find myself in the Netherlands two years ago, and I'm working on this project of a library. It was all slip cast books. Um, uh, with all kinds of different titles and I'm also collaborating with mathematicians at that point and the math people you certainly <laughs> have a broad area of interest there <laughs> the, okay the <laughs> mathematical go ahead so then then the, the mathematicians the collaboration with the mathematicians was um, very interesting because they um, shared some of their research with me and I tried to make some of the forms that they were thinking and imagining and oftentimes creating on the computer, I was trying to make them real, so real ah, physical sculptures. Yeah. But my idea at the time was the casting process, the slip casting process, uh-huh. which, is, which involves molds and then I can, I can create multiples of, that say, of the same form out of the mold. But for the mold, one needs a prototype. Uh-huh. So that's where I was stuck. And that's where I found for the first time again that, that using the digital technology was actually an advantage because I could use I could make something that I could not otherwise make by hand, something that needed to be very exact, something that needed to be very mathematical. I could make something and I can ask the computer to help me create it. So that's how I got into it, and then when I came out of that research um, artist residency, which lasted for three 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 months, um, I, I would come back and I had this plan of buying the printer and setting up the studio, Slip Rabbit, in this same form. Uh, that it is that it operates now, so that it would be about research and it would be about education and it would be about pushing the boundaries of this digital ceramics and seeing how where we can together take it. Together meaning a lot of different disciplines, so ceramists, artists, designers, scientists.
0: So you have combined knowledge from all these different areas from all over the world into your your studio and you know we need more people like you global globally educated right
1: <laughs> but Thank you it's you for already
0: that. <laughs> it's already time for a break we'll be back shortly talking more about the union of art and uh, technology and science with 3D printing and with Mia Tahanyi on Artbeat Northwest. Get into the art groove and take a class at Kirkland Art Center. From ceramics, painting, printmaking, drawing, Photoshop, collage, and more, you can experiment or refine at the East Side's number 1 Arts Learning Center. Register now for fall classes starting in September. At Kirkland Art Center, you can express your inner artist or explore a whole new world of creativity. Located in the heart of Kirkland on Market Street in the historic Peter Kirk Building, it looks like a castle. Learn more at kirklandartcenter.org. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. Maya Tahani is here talking with us about her computer porcelain art and her show at Linda Hodges Gallery of her 3D printed ceramics and glass and I was very entranced with a lot of your objects in this show. And they, have, they kind of relate to your medical background as one thing. And the other thing is that you have done this glass associated with computer printing. Let's first of all talk about the glass and computer printing. It, you've done that in sort of a different way. And I'm sure it just took a lot of imagination to figure out how the heck can I do this?
1: You know, so. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to receive an artist residency at the museum of glass in Tacoma and lovely place. uh, Yeah. Wonderful place. (laughs) Amazing place. Very inspiring too. And there I had the benefit of a hot shop team. So artists who are trained and very practiced with um, all forms of hot blown glass and I've done some glass blowing in the past so I kind of knew what to expect and and I wanted to take the residency to be again research and experimentation so I didn't see an outcome or I didn't have a specific plan for something that I wanted to have but one thing that I really like about glass is the fact that it stretches. Um, so it's kind of like it has the similar has similar tradition to ceramics in forms of vessel vessels and um, but it, it is done in a completely different way. So to make the long story short, I was prepared with all kinds of ideas. And one of the things uh, one of the kinds of things that I was taking there was a series of molds. And the mold is basically a negative outside of shape of a form of the so, prototype. So these
0: molds were yes. made with 3D printing? Yes,
1: the, the molds were made off of 3D printed clay forms. Oh, molds okay. could also be made with 3D printing or could be made with digital technologies. And one day I hope to also try that, but the sort of the, the simplest and the easiest way of going about it was to actually build my prototype on the on my printer and my clay printer, make a mold in the traditional way, the way I always do, um, and then take those to the museum. And we tried all kinds of things. We we blew uh, glass into those molds. We took the glass out that was b- blown into the molds and, and stretched it further, inflated it further by blowing more air into it, and then we tied them Uh, onto the porcelain forms. So the porcelain forms were also there in the hot shop, and it was a really beautiful scene of the, the team is pulling out the hot glass still on the pipe, still inflating it and still rotating it and then plunging it down onto the ceramic forms and then we had all these uh, steel cables and try to singe it onto the form so so when when people go to see the show they would definitely see that there are two forms there is the there is this glass form and there is the ceramic form and they are kind of related they have this familiar relationship. They are of the same original form, but the glass is almost completely distorted by now, but it's sort of holding and cradling the ceramic piece. And now, that's the, that's how the whole thing was made.
0: But as far as the theme of these pieces, yeah. isn't that harkened back to your medical
1: training um, a little bit? Kind of. I guess you could say that I never lost the medical training in a sense that one of the, the biggest motiv- motivations of my work is the kind of the, the, the talking about the body, the human body and the human mind. And so I was in, in medical school, I was focusing on neuroscience and I was training to be a neuropsychologist. That was the, the reason why I came to the US in the first place. And, and somewhere in the middle of that, I got re- rerouted towards ceramics. But these ideas about the body and how our bodies and minds interact is still an interesting thing to me. So a lot of my art is about that.
0: And I can see that in your show at Linda Hodges. So everyone, Be sure to make it over to linda hodges because it's going to close what september
1: yes it's it's closing actually this weekend so saturday is the last day
0: so anyway but you know what we are already running out of time thank you so much for sharing all of your information on uh, the coordination of art and science your 3d printing all of your ideas is so wonderful we're so glad you came
1: well, thank you so much for inviting me. I had a great time talking with you, and thanks for the wonderful questions, too.
0: Oh, well, we're so happy you could come on. Now, how do we go on your website and find out more? Or you can also check out Linda Hodges yeah, Gallery. Yeah, check out
1: here. Linda Hodges Gallery. There would be probably links. Um, you can also find me at my website, com, or find the studio, which is sliprabbit.org
0: sliprabbit.org, okay, for her own personal website. And remember, it is only on until September 1st, so get on over there.
1: Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you'll have a
0: lot more exhibits in the future, though, because this is really an er- yes. area of interest yes. for people. Yes,
1: this is this was my third so. show at Linda Hodges, and this is my first show of 3D printed work, but there will be more.
0: Oh, that's great. And be sure to listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m., Drive time for Artbeat Northwest for news and views of the local art scene. I'm Pat Polly signing off on alternative talk 11:50. Have a great creative week.